Okay, so yeah, welcome uh, Liana um, to Game Cool Books um, for a conversation about The Golden Compass by Philip Pullman. Um, could you just kind of start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you uh, first maybe came across the book and then um, more importantly, I think, how you got involved with the fandom and the wiki um, pages and kind of what your role is on there because that's that's how we got connected. Um, yeah, so hi, thanks so much for having me. Um, so my first introduction to The Golden Compass was actually through the movie when I was younger. Um, so right now I'm 22. I probably watched the movie when it first came out or maybe around 2010 or so. And I thought it was a really great movie. And I didn't know that it was connected to a series of books at the time. So I was very interested in it. I know that it left off on a hang uh, cliffhanger. So I was like expecting a new movie. Of course, we all know how that worked out. Um, <laughs> so I ended up looking into it a little bit more, found the book series. Um, so when I was around 13, 14 is when I started reading them. Went through them all, was such a huge fan of them. Um, that saying, don't judge a book by its movie, right? definitely came true because I realized the movie was actually not as great as I thought it was Aww. when compared to the book because um, it left out so much. But after that, um, so I actually got introduced to the fandom side of things when I started role-playing, um, which in this case is like, when two people online are writing a story, sometimes based in a fandom. So I did a lot of that when I was younger, and I wanted to try it with his dark materials. So a lot of the time when I'm role-playing, I like to bring in a lot of information from the books that is accurate. So when I was looking up information, rather than having to go through the books and check every fact that I had, I just kind of Googled it and found the His Dark Materials wiki which I heard of Wikipedia before, but I never knew that there were like specific wikis for certain fandoms. Yeah. And so that's how I was introduced to Wikia at the time, which is now known as fandom. Oh. And so I started exploring it and I thought it was really cool. There's like ones for Harry Potter. There's all different ones that go into such great depth about different aspects of the series. Like you can find currently there's about 900 pages on the characters, the places, the books, all with um, references so that all the information there is as accurate as it can be. It is a um, something that anyone can edit, just like Wikipedia. So of course there might be some mix-ups, but that's what the referencing is for. Um, that's how I was first introduced to it. So around 2012, I joined the wiki as a user called Lanalia Rowe. Mm. And at that time, I just started editing a lot, adding information. I thought it was really cool that we could composite all of this information about the series into this wiki, essentially. And, of course, there was a lot of editors with me who were just, like, contributing information. And in this case, um, the wiki was specifically, like, for facts rather than introducing opinions. Right. But... Um, so I eventually worked my way up to adminship because I was one of the most active users and um, actually ended up taking a break from it because I had school to focus on in college. Yeah. And I just recently rejoined as the username musical33, which in Leet speak would be musically. Oh, okay. And um, so I regained my adminship through a lot of editing rather than just saying, oh, I used to be an admin. I just decided to edit a bunch. Yeah. regain my adminship and so currently I'm a bureaucrat which is somebody who's a step above an admin who can appoint other admins or take away adminship um, that's my current role in the fandom um, so my role there is to basically monitor make sure that there's no vandalism going on mm -hmm. try to check the accuracy of all the edits that are happening try to bring attention to it especially and um one great thing, actually, is that fandom has been introducing a discussions part of the wiki so that we can actually start 
talking with other people about our opinions on the books rather than just adding factual information. Yeah. Which I think is really great. I sorry, I I agree. I mean, um the the wiki seems like a really awesome resource. I think I found it because I was looking for a chronology of the books. And mm -hmm. I actually still haven't I mean, I haven't really explored it all that much, um, but I, I haven't found a real um, kind of established chronology. It seems pretty loose. Um, so I'm curious if you have thoughts about that, but but also just in general about the um, the fan community on there. I'm, I'm curious how, how much um, editing you need to do, like how, how often you have to correct errors or um, deal with any kind of vandalism or anything, how often um, people you know, have problems with each other and you have to kind of step in. Like, how much work is that? Is it um, generally pretty polite or do, do people get, you know, nasty? Um, for this fandom website in particular, I've not had any nasty people or users that are on here. There's not a lot of vandalism. It's like maybe a couple a month that, like, wow. users will just blank out a page maybe or something like that. But, like, easily reverted mm -hmm. and pretty easy to maintain at the moment but right now our, our top um struggle right now is actually getting more users because the wiki itself is as i mentioned mainly a factual place and not much of a discussions place so the fact that they've introduced this discussions area was actually to up the readership and the usership and it's worked in like big harry potter for example fandom websites but mm -hmm. Um, for his dark materials right now we have about like six active users wow and that's not as many as i'd like to see of course but it's more than you know more obscure things right and i i mean with this discussions feature i've actually seen a lot of people on there like we've gotten like three new users on just from the discussions feature and not even um, editing the wiki itself. Yeah. And I think that's really exciting, like, especially with the whole BBC TV series and the newest Book of Dust that's coming out, The Secret Commonwealth. Yeah. Which is going to be really exciting. Actually, um, we have what's called a WAM score, which tells us how active our community is in comparison to others. And our WAM score spiked when it was announced that The Secret Commonwealth is going to be released on October 3rd. Like, it spiked by 20 points, which is quite a lot. So there was a lot of readers in that week. Yeah, that that's, I mean, I think I, I probably count as one of those people who contributed <laughs> to that. Because I, you know, I read these books when they first came out. I guess I was in middle school, probably. Um, and I've reread them over the years from time to time. But, but I really kind of got back into them with this project. Um, trying to kind of do a, a close reading and an analysis of a lot of, you know, Pullman's sources and a lot of kind of internal connections within the books, um, things that he seems to do as an author that that are interesting for whatever reason. And so I've I've been starting to kind of look around out there to see, you know, who else has already done some stuff like this. Um, the the gathering of of so many facts and sort of points of data is really useful. Um, just as a, a starting point, I think, to, to kind of delve into the books. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that it's there, and I'm glad that, you know, more people are starting to come to it. Uh, it's, it's really interesting that you first um, heard about His Dark Materials through the film, uh, The Golden Compass. And, I, I mean, I thought that was a pretty good movie, too. Like, I remember going to see it when it came out um, and, and liking it, you know, well enough. Um, even though I knew the, you know, the, the story as it was in the book, I knew it wasn't the same story, right? It's, it's, it's leaving out a lot of stuff, of course. But, um, but as a film, it's still pretty good, I think. Like, I don't know. I, I, so for that reason, I'm, I'm also very optimistic, very excited about, um, you know, the, the new BBC series coming out. It looks like it's going to be really cool. And I think it'll bring a lot more maybe potentially a lot more new people, but also maybe just kind of reinvigorate some of the people who, who have read the books and drifted away from it. Um, so just to go along with that, though, um, what are some of the things that 
get discussed the most or that get, you know, added to or edited the most on there? What, what, do seem, what does it seem that people are most interested in, um, those who are interested <laughs> in The Golden Compass and the other books in the series? Um, so actually, right now, um, with our editors that are currently active, we've been actually adding a lot of um, pages to the wiki on more obscure things just so that we can um, up our page count because, like, even obscure things like Smith and Strange Limited, um, that's a book publishing company that's mentioned in His Dark Materials. Oh. And it has um, the page itself on the wiki lists all the published books that have been mentioned. And, I mean, it's not important to some people, but, like, it's a very interesting fact. Like, if you were, like, in my case, if I was... um writing a story based in this fandom, I could mention it, and it'd be canonical, according to Philip Pullman. Um, so right now, probably the most edited things are our most popular pages, like Lyra, um, Marissa Coulter, mm. Matt Costa, Lee Scoresby, like, the top ones. And of course, right now, um, the TV series page is one of the most edited pages recently just because there's so much more information coming out as um the days tick by hoping that we'll get a release date <laughs> right i know yeah and um i i don't follow a lot of the news as it comes out so much so it's really helpful that it's sort of gathered and curated in this way um on the on the wiki um i i did try following um twitagatsi right on mm -hmm. twitter they seem mm -hmm. to like get a lot of news pretty quickly um are there other fan communities out there that you know about that are that are active or is it sort of like pretty much just um the because i know there used to be the uh the bridge to the stars oh yeah that's that, that's exactly that, what i was about to mention too yeah but it seems um, to have kind of gone away i don't mm -hmm. think there's a lot of activity on there yeah um, i i don't know of any super active his dark materials fan sites which is why I've been working on the fandom one, just because like I want it to be one of those ones that gets a lot of attention. Um, like, for example, the Harry Potter wiki, um, they've actually had the opportunity to interview Fantastic Beasts cast members because right. of the popularity of the site. And like, if our His Dark Materials wiki got that kind of attention, um, it'd be so amazing to, get, to be able to... Um, yes give the fans more insight into, for example, the BBC TV series or the upcoming Secret Commonwealth book. So I definitely think that this wiki could be one of those huge ones just because of the amount of information it's gathered. Oops, sorry about that. It's okay. uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like, I've heard about that, too, um, from talking to some people who are kind of like, you know, who study the way that movies get made out of books and like the mm -hmm. ways that fan communities are involved in that nowadays. Um, uh, Maggie uh, Park, um, one of the professors at Signum University, um, studies that a, a good bit. And she was describing how like, yeah, they, they, they want to, um, you know, interact with fans and kind of give them sneak peeks and, and, and make them feel involved in the process because there's such a huge you know, part of the success or, or failure of the film or, or whatever kind of project is, is that fan involvement and engagement. So I think that's a really great goal. Like, that would be so cool um, to get to, you know, go on set or, or just kind of get behind the scenes a little bit um, uh, of the new, the new miniseries. Or like, when I was a kid, I forget how old I was, but I actually got to meet Philip Pullman when he was on a, a book tour. It was when the... Um, the Shadow of the North, no, sorry, Once Upon a Time in the North mm -hmm, came mm -hmm. out, his little blue book, right? Mm -hmm. um, and he was he was doing a little reading at this bookstore uh, in Virginia. So my friend and I drove down there and uh, had him sign books, you know, and that was such a, I mean, such an awesome experience. That's one of the most, ex like, that's one of the times I've been most excited in my life, probably, uh, was when I was, like, you know, in the same room as Philip Pullman. Yeah, of course. Table. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that that makes me feel like, you know, that, that sort of feeling of being a fan is so important um, 
and to feel like you're kind of involved in this process. And and I just wanted to come back to what you said also about um, the role playing and, and the fan fiction and, and that sort of thing. Um, how how do you kind of get into that? And, and is there much, um, I don't know, of a community around uh, around that? Where, where do you where do you find that sort of thing? Like, who's involved in that? Um, so actually my, I've been role playing since I was like 10 years old, just because I love writing so much. If I could have, I would have majored in English, probably written a book by now, but I just never found the time. (laughs) But, um, so what I have been using all these years is I was a big Harry Potter fan. So I found a website called Hogwarts Extreme. And the URL itself is HexRPG. And when I found it, it's very interactive with Harry Potter stuff. But there's a place called Roleplay Central. And it's a place where you can write stories about any fandom at all. It doesn't have to be Harry Potter related. And I thought that was really, really cool. Because, like, you can see things from, like, Percy Jackson, Kingdom Hearts, um, anime fandoms, anything at all. And, like, there's also a role-playing lounge where you can talk to other users and plan out a story before you even start writing it. So like you can exchange ideas, like what you want to do with the story in the future and like where you want it to lead to. And then you each create your own character and basically write up a starter post. And then the other person will write a reply with their character and you go back and forth building on the story. And I did that once when I finished his dark materials and it was like a really I thought it was really creative. <laughs> Personally, is that still um, out there somewhere? It is. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> um, they save all of the role plays on the site. There's a ton of them. You can also read other people's. Like it's out there for everyone to see, everyone to read, everyone to enjoy. And they actually have an art, a role play um, contest going on right now, actually. Oh, cool. So who? So vote, that's how I just... got into it. Is it just by, like, voters, um, or is there, like, some kind of judge? Um, the judges are the role-play forum moderators and okay. the last role-play contest winner. Oh, nice. And then the final round is voted on by the fan- the fans of the contest who are reading along with everyone else. That's so cool. I, yeah, see, like, I think I was just uh, a little like too old for some of this stuff to really uh I I would have totally gotten into uh writing more fan fiction and stuff I think if I was on the internet um a little a little younger but like I I I got really into um Earthbound the Super Nintendo game at one point and that's that's kind of been my only experience with an online fan community um but I I did try writing some fan fiction and I do think it's a really cool way to kind of, you know, be creative and and you know show some of your own ideas, but do it in a mm-hmm. way that's like respectful of, yeah, of an author who's out right and and like maybe also something that other people are gonna feel a little more interested in reading potentially because it's like you know about something they already know about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's all way cool. Yeah, uh, and um, something that. I used to do is um well personally I since I personally respect like the authors so much and their whole like fandom thing so I would that's why I originally got into the wikis is to check up my facts and make sure I wasn't changing anything that the writers had originally done in their fandom and not everyone's like that they specifically label their role play as AU or alternate universe so that they they forewarn people that it's not going to be exactly to the author's specifications but personally like I always like to double check my facts and build upon what the authors have already created yeah like I think that there's 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 obviously room for both approaches right like Mm -hmm, of course and in some sense I feel like everything that is you know alternate universe or whatever it's it's bound to draw at least something from some other story you know like right, of course basically um especially certain authors like i guess uh J.R.R. tolkien or mm-hmm. um you know these days i guess probably jk rowling is, is one of those that just 
just about everybody has read, you know, so you're going to be influenced by them. Um, do you, I'm curious if you see similarities um, between Pullman and other authors, or if you see more differences or, or kind of how you think about where he fits in with, with some of those other um, fandom kind of worlds that you, that you mentioned. Well, um, I'll tell you the one thing that drew me in about Philip Pullman was his writing style. I had never seen anything like it. Well, maybe not his writing style, but his description. Yeah. Um, for example, like in, I think the third chapter of the first book, he describes Lyra as a coarse and greedy little savage. <laughs> and I just remember it coming into my head and I could picture her exactly just running across the rooftops, just being a wild child. And I'd never like heard such a description and seen it so vividly in my mind. Like I could imagine it perfectly. And that's something that drew me into his writing style. And I mean, of course I see similarities just with um not necessarily his um style, but his approach to drawing in readers mm-hmm. with um I don't want to compare just because I'm not a scholar and I don't have the proof to back it up but uh he's one of my favorite authors for sure up there with jk rowling and um nancy whirlin and yeah i just i think he's a really great fantasy writer and his um approach with multiple universes really drew me in as well because i'd never read a book about multiple universes yeah no yeah i i I think that there's something to his um, his writing that it borrows from other sources. I mean, he he talks a lot about like different poems, um, other kind of places that he gets his ideas from philosophy or religion, and and all that's pretty pretty evident, I think. But but the the fantasy aspect of it is, I think, what drew me in too initially. Um, like I could sense that there was something different about his writing, and I still think he's probably one of the best writers out there. Um, but his his inventiveness too, right? Like like you said, you know, coming up with the idea of not just multiple universes, but like this whole process of of moving from one to the other, right? And it's it's really different. I, I'm not a scholar either, you know, like, but I I don't mind you know making the comparison with J.K. Rowling just to be a little careless like in her world the two the the muggles and the magical folk are sort of you know always basically next to each other and they just don't right. realize it right the muggles don't um and and so they're they're kind of in the same you know physical space though um and pullman's is is a little different he's he's a little more kind of scientific about it or at least yeah that seems to be where he got yeah, his definitely idea, right? see that yeah and so it's like there's this other layer to it where it's not just you know two worlds side by side but but potentially infinite worlds um that you you know could one day learn how to move between that that's the sense i get like at the very end of the series don't they say something like you you can learn to do this kind of traveling between the worlds if you if you really um uh, apply yourself and like and work at it um, yeah, something to that effect. I've yeah. been rereading the books, but I'm literally right in the last one in oh, the middle. Nice. So <laughs> haven't reached that ending part yet. Yeah, but, the third book is is the foggiest for me yes. too. But, <laughs> but it's, oh man, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to work work in, um, work through the subtle knife next, but then I'll, I'll try to read the Amber Spyglass again. Um, do you have a favorite out of all of Pullman's books? Out of the His Dark Materials trilogy? Yeah, well, particularly that one. I guess maybe even including the new ones, too, though. There's, you know, the three, or the, I guess there's three short stories out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's including The Collectors, the, the audio-only one. And then there's also the new novel that's out, um, The Book of Dust, La Belle Savage. Right. So, yeah, so out of all of those set in that in that sort of multiverse um, honestly, I could not pick. It would definitely be in the main trilogy, though. Yeah. Just because of the amount of 
thought and like science and all these different aspects coming together and forming these beautiful books. Um, crazy enough, I actually got the my first big purchase was a Folio Society edition of his dark materials. Wow. <laughs> so I have these beautifully bound editions of these books. And um, one thing I thought was interesting is that the fact that they changed the a few things from the American version versus the European version. I don't know if you've talked about this before. No, I don't know about this. Yeah, the, um, the Golden Compass is actually called Northern Lights in the UK. Oh, yeah, the title. I knew the title. Yeah, and was, there's what else? a few passages in a few of the books that have been changed. Whoa. Substantially yeah. or just, I mean, like, oh, man, I'm so curious. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, it's one. Of, I think it's mainly in the Amber Spyglass that they were changed. Mm. Um, one of them was just a little suggestive of like puberty feelings, kind <laughs> of thing. Right. And so they took that out of the American edition. Oh man! And another passage was. Um, I have it open here. Um, was regarding the the assassin in the last book that I can't remember the name of, but it regards him seeing Lyra and how she was glowing essentially Ooh. and such like that. So that was cut out of the American version. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was very interesting. The censorship side of it, just because like they seem like innocent paragraphs when you look at them, but then, I guess if you really read into them, they do seem a bit, I don't know, risky. Yeah. Well, but I didn't think they were worth editing out, which I, that's why I like looked into them and actually found the UK versions. Well, I, it's so cool. I know the other, the other thing about the Folio Society editions, besides just being like beautiful, um, you know, materials, they, they've got new illustrations, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really Do they great. have them in, in all of them or just the Northern Lights? The oh, first? all of them. They all have Oh, man, that's that's wild. Yeah. Mm. I, I've i never seen those in person, but I've seen some of the illustrations uh, reproduced. They're beautiful. Yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you have yeah, the, my first yeah. big purchase. They are you expensive. Have, <laughs> yeah, and you have... Oh, man. Well, so I, do they also include um, Pullman's sketches that he puts in the front of each chapter um yes they're like, they they're like little etchings like little squares yeah. they have those mm -hmm. oh yep. man yeah see I've, i don't think i have ever seen um except online he's got them on his website i think yeah mm -hmm. so that's i think the 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 role of um sort of like illustration adaptation um, translations even like the ways these get translated into other languages or you know in the case of going from one medium to another like from the book to the film um, all that stuff is really interesting to me but it's something I don't really know much about at all so again that's something I'm going to be looking at um, you know mostly online basically like looking around on fandom and trying to, to research um, I, I I speak some Spanish, um, so I'm curious to see what kinds of changes there are between the, the English and Spanish translations. And I know that the, the Twitagatsi people, um, a lot of them are French, it seems like. So they probably have some good information out there about the, the French language version. Um, but just to go back to the, the movie, um, there's... Like you said, when you when you read the books, you saw some of the differences there. What what were some of the differences that really leapt out at you, and what are some of the things you think about now when you when you think back to the movie? Oh gosh, yeah, I definitely <laughs> wanted to come back to this. Um, so with the movie, the one thing, the main thing that got to me was the magisterium mm -hmm. being, well, basically the church being replaced by the magisterium. Yeah, I thought that was a huge, huge. Um, mistake, I think, I would like to say, because, like, after reading the whole trilogy, like, religion and God and the church were huge parts of the entire trilogy, 
And for them to take that out, I think that's part of the reason it didn't do so well, because it left a lot of people confused. But I mean, I, I really did actually like the movie just because the casting was spectacular. Like, I absolutely loved Dakota Blue Richards as Lyra. She was exactly how I imagined Lyra to be. And Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman were great. I thought it was really interesting that Philip Pullman actually changed the color of Mrs. Coulter's hair just because of Nicole Kidman's performance. I don't know if you knew that. But um, in the original... How that, wait, how does that work? Did he go back and change it in the first book as well? or? or uh, yeah, she originally had dark hair. <sighs> so in newer editions of the book, she now has blonde hair. That's wild. Yeah, I thought that was really crazy. She did such a fantastic job that he himself was like, I couldn't picture Mrs. Coulter any other way. And I thought that was... She, I mean, the casting was spectacular. I just think that the, I think, um, I actually listened to your last conversation with Dr. Maggie Park, and she was mentioning that there was like 43 minutes taken out, which I thought was crazy because I didn't know that. That's an insane amount of footage to be I, taken out of the movie. I, I still want to go on a journey and discover like, where that footage is and recover it. I think mm -hmm. that would be so, so interesting. And there must be people who have like seen it, you know, like at some stage of the production who could at least describe so. like what was, <laughs> you know, what was there, what was, what was going to be in the, in the real, you know, full version of the movie. Ah, oh, man. And of course the ending definitely like yeah. they cut that ending and it ended up being in the video game, which I thought was really interesting. I've heard that. Yeah, have you played the video game? Um, no, but I watched YouTube clips of it, um, <laughs> just so I could see the final scene that they cut out in the end, which was, of course, Lyra and Roger at um, Lord Ezreal's little cottage. Yeah. And I, I, are we supposed to talk about this? <laughs> spoilers, okay? No, of course, spoilers are fine. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but um, that whole scene about um him, basically kidnapping Roger away from Lyra was shown in the video game. And I thought that was really interesting considering they cut it away from the movie. So do they show it as, as movie footage in the video? Yes, they do. Oh, wow. Which is really crazy because the graphics of the game are not that great, but then they show these <laughs> movie clips in between. <laughs> That's so cool. I, so I have to get a copy of the game, if nothing else, just for that. Um, <laughs> I've heard it's I heard it's not a great game to play, but mm -mm. I think it does have some interesting, you know, elements in it. Um, like it, they try to do some uh, alethiometer mechanics, and they mm -hmm. try to do some uh, deception mechanics. Also, I heard like you you yeah, you I was people. watching that. It that was it was so it seemed a little bit um, a little much yeah for what they were trying to do, but I thought it was a cool idea, just not executed very well. Yeah, that's so that's tricky to me. Like, I, I'm also more of like a reader and writer, I guess. But I I really love playing video games. I love mm -hmm. how they incorporate, you know, graphics and music and, of course, gameplay, like all of that together with the story. And, and it's sort of like that's how you tell the story in a way, not so much with words. Um, I find that really, really interesting. And I would love to see like a well done version of of, you know, Pullman's work in, in a game form at some point. That'd be so amazing. <laughs> yeah. So as I've been, like, rereading the book, I've been trying to, like, think, you know, imagine what, what would this look like in a game. And I feel like I've, you know, been doing a really bad job of it because I think my game would just be, like, a mishmash of a lot of weird, you know, elements. I, I think it would probably look like whatever the actual game is. <laughs> <laughs> that they only without the you know the film um to at least lift it up a little bit so i don't know i have to go back to the drawing board on this but um but yeah so i, I wonder like do you have any experience with um you know art or music or or programming or anything like that or do you know of people in the community who are interested in that sort of thing um so i am actually a software developer as my career <laughs> and um yeah i know a few people who went into gaming and all that i've never really asked about the specifics because it's a bit hard enough doing what i do 
and learning a whole bunch about that would be a lot. But yeah, I think it's really interesting, um, the idea of video gaming and everything, because I, I do play video games, but this one just, the one that they made was not very attractive at all. <laughs> but a beautifully well done version of it would be amazing. Yeah. Um, not so, I'm not um, very into music or art personally. I mean, I listen to it and I look at it, but I don't do it myself. It's <laughs> very, but, that's uh, very, well, that's cool though. Like, I, I, it makes sense that, you know, if you're involved in, in online communities that you know about programming, but you do that as a career, that's, that's really, that's very interesting. Like, would you ever be interested in making games or is that oh, just too much I work? Mean, it, I feel like it'd be a lot of work, but it's also like opportunity, you know, because I'm just starting out in my career. <laughs> so I, I think in the future, I'd definitely be interested. Absolutely. Like some of my friends have described it as being really fun, but also really intensive. And I'm just like, I have to coast my way through this right now, but right. in the future, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, well, that'd be really cool. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, I'm like I said, I'm. I'm like kind of coming up with a lot of ideas, but I don't have any sense of how how realistic it would be. The other big thing about it, of course, is getting like, you know, the rights to all the, the trademarked um, names and like the story. Obviously, that would be a huge process um, like, in terms <laughs> yes. of legality. Right. And I guess, you know, with fan fiction, you don't really have to worry about that because you're not trying to, you know, make money off it. It's It's mm -hmm. just like, you know, something for for fun and fun. for the community but but making a game is like a very expensive project Absolutely. so yeah it'd be a little different uh <laughs> so it's fun to think about though um but yeah but so i guess i wanted to talk a little bit about the book so you're currently reading them um you said you don't have a favorite book do you have a favorite part or like a favorite i don't know aspect of them now as you read them that's maybe different from when when you first read them or first encountered them well actually as i've been rereading i've been expanding the articles on lyra and will so i've definitely been taking a more intensive approach like i've been going chapter by chapter adding a bunch of information to their articles you know in the attempt to um fill up the information and make it more accessible um so as i been rereading looking more intensely into it like the character development in particular with um will like i don't ever remember him being so blunt and like abrasive yeah. but rereading like i've been seeing that a lot like having to look exactly at their character development i think it's very interesting to see that I, he's so um, one of my favorite characters for sure yeah, I'm I'm really curious about Will because he he's such a change when you when you open the second book, right? The sequel, mm -hmm. you know, coming from uh, Northern Lights, and you you're like, okay, so can I just say when yeah. I opened Northern or when I opened um, the Subtle Knife and saw that it was Will, I got very scared that Lyra was out of the whole series <laughs> because it started out with him, and I was just like, oh no, yeah. where's Lyra? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> I remember being so surprised and sort of like bewildered by the way that book so so drastically shifts the focus. And I, I wonder, I'm curious, I think how, you know, when I reread it this time, how I'm going to sort of view Will as a character because I've, I have gotten so, you know, into Lyra's whole development, like mm -hmm. her growing you know sort of self-awareness it, it's so well done in the first book mm -hmm. so I'm I'm a little nervous like uh-oh is uh, am I gonna reread you know the second and third book and, and feel kind of let down actually I, I, I worry about that a little bit because I I really love them as far as like stories but now that I'm reading them like real analytically and mm -hmm. yeah yeah but yeah but that's that's heartening though that that you had the similar experience and that you you know are are sticking with it all the way through the third book. Um, yeah, I I know people who say the third book is their least favorite because it it's more, I guess, overtly uh, 
atheistic or sort of anti-religion. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I agree that that's like that's present in all the books. It's mm -hmm. just a little bit more under the under the radar uh, until you get to the third book. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but I I guess I I still think that Pullman really does a great job of you know like showing us how to be good people basically um how to think about things uh and sort of wonder about things and i i never really get the sense that he is trying to you know manipulate the reader or something like that so so i guess i don't mind the third book at least i don't remember really minding it that much um I another reason that a lot of people aren't the biggest fans of the third book is just because it's packing up like the yeah. the build up in the first two books seems so gradual and then in the third book it all just comes and like you have to wrap up so many things and some people I've well I've seen in the fan community some people have talked about it being um a little too much to fit in just one book and that maybe it should have been split or that maybe it should have been um done a bit differently is what I've seen that makes sense yeah I haven't heard that but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, he does pack a lot in there that, you know, in hindsight, maybe he would have wanted to expand on. I, you know, and he talks about like, you know, wanting to tell more of the backstory of, of things sometimes, but always sort of having to restrain himself. And maybe he just didn't restrain himself quite as much in, in the third book. He, <laughs> he put more in there than he usually would. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited for, for this new book. What do you think he's going to do with you know, the remaining couple of books of the Book of Dust? Well, we know that it's going to have to do with Lyra, of course. And she's going to be around 20 years old, is what he said. And she's going to be traveling the Levant, which I think is like a passage between the um, Asia area, Asian area, Western Asia. Yeah, I think it's an old word basically for what we would call the Middle East. Something like, you know, the eastern side of the Mediterranean, roughly. Yeah, I think something like that. So that's what we know about it for sure. Um, I don't know if you saw, but he actually read the first paragraph of the of the um, Secret Commonwealth recently. Oh, I didn't see that. I saw his excerpt in one of the papers, I think. Um, but so he released the first paragraph, too. That's cool. I'm going to have to look yeah. it up. Um, yeah, like, I mean, what, what do you think it will sort of be about? Like, what is she, what is she doing there? You know, I thought it was really interesting that in La Belle, you've read La Belle Sauvage, right? Yeah, that, yeah. Um, he introduced fairies, or fae, into right. the story, and a giant, I believe, like a river giant. And it's very... It's something I personally wasn't such a fan of just because we went through the whole trilogy and the companion books without any mention of these creatures. So I think it's really interesting that he's um, introducing us to these right now. And so I feel like she's definitely going to encounter more of these creatures and maybe learn a bit more about their um, culture. Because you know how like the ice bears and the witches have such different cultures around them that she was learning about through her journey. And I think it's definitely going to have something to do with these new fairies and giants that we've mentioned. That was my guess, too. I I suspect that they are um, going to be, yeah, similar to the bears and the witches, sort of like these new lenses for us to sort of mm -hmm. think about, you know, human nature and all those all that good stuff that he always sort of goes back to, but but in a in a new and imaginative way. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, <laughs> yeah, to find out. Well, also like, doesn't the one fairy have like a, a, a bunch of butterflies as her demon? So, she, so the idea like seems to be that they, you know, the witches can separate from their demons. The bears don't have demons and the fairies have, have multiple demons or something like that. Like that was, that was really interesting to me. Um, I want to see what he does with that. In, in the new book definitely um well cool um i i guess i'll let you go I, I thanks again for taking this time to talk and share your expertise about the fandom and 
um, all that. I, I've really enjoyed um, the little that I've explored it, and um, I, I look forward to kind of digging into it more and uh, and hopefully at some point, you know, adding something on there. <laughs> uh, oh, so. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I feel right. very underqualified for all the other, other guests that you've had. I yeah I've been really lucky with um I, I'll tell you though like you, you can just sort of send these people emails and they they're very gracious in responding mm-hmm. I I think um that there's a lot of of scholarly interest out there about you know Philip Pullman um I know there many of them are also fans of the books too so mm-hmm. um that that's been kind of one of the things I've I've really enjoyed about getting to talk to all, all these different people is like how that seems to kind of um, hang hang steady through through all the different differences of, of opinion and different perspectives. So, yeah. Oh, well, um, one last thing before you, yeah. you let me go. If I can, um, what, what do you think about the upcoming BBC TV series? I am really excited about it. I think they are going to correct some of the things the movie left out or did wrong um, yeah i'm definitely hoping so <laughs> it, it seems like also like you said about the third book you know having so much packed in it it would be impossible in one movie to really mm-hmm. do justice to the story so i think getting getting it as a as a series you know and that kind of opens up a lot more that you can do with the story um and how you can represent it so i'm looking forward to it and i and i do hope that it brings like a new audience and kind of um, maybe brings a little more interest uh, to, to the books themselves. Cause I think that's, yeah, yeah that's the goal ultimately. Um, you mirrored my um, hopes for it as well. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely hoping that it will turn out well and we'll, raise our fandom. <laughs> when, when they come out, we'll have to talk again. We'll, we'll do a, a review or something. <laughs> That'd be great. All right. Well, Looking forward so to much. it. Yep. See ya. Bye. Thank you again to Leanna, Musical 33 of the His Dark Materials fandom. She's the awesome bureaucrat of the wiki pages there. I hope you go check those out. And I'm back with a few more news items. The Game Cool Project, I took some time off a week or so ago to work on an essay submission for a peer-reviewed journal. We'll see how that goes, and I hope it will be accepted, or if not, I can post it somewhere later. Um, I've got a date and time set now for the final Q&A session for this project. That will be Tuesday, April 30th, 7.30 Eastern. If you can't make it live, you can still send in questions and I'll do my best to respond. I'm also gonna see about doing a bonus conversation or two. Uh, there's authors out there that I contacted who expressed interest but couldn't talk sooner, and so the project itself will probably be wrapped up by the time I get around to interviewing them, um, but maybe that'll go on a subtle knife series in the future. I've also just recently completed a study of Final Fantasy VII in podcast form with Alexander Schmid, hosted on his podcast. We're starting the Majora's Mask sequel to the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for the N64. That's our next side quest. And we're hoping to have some contributions from Ben Kozlowski on that as well. Then with Sarah Miller, we have a presentation scheduled at NorwestCon in Seattle over Easter weekend. It'll be on Saturday night. I think it's at 8 p.m. And then after this uh, month is out and this series of game cool books for the golden compass is completed i'll be returning to another video game uh xenogears 
for the PlayStation and uh, hopefully have some related conversations and uh, some creative output for that as well. Um, so uh, I've got a few more song and placeholders for songs. Um, one for the Cliffcasts, one for Santilia, something from the Watchtower, and of course, Mortal Kombat. So thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.